0: Coaches Network,
1: how's it going, people? Hope everyone's had a great start to the week again. We're back Wednesday, yes, that's right, Wednesday for the new episode of the success series. Last week saw the debut episode of the success series where I've been joined by my good friend Jazz Rose to discuss all things personal development from entrepreneurship to business, relationships, and just life in general. Hopefully, we're gonna have a fascinating conversation. We're looking to build a real community over the next weeks, months and you know God knows how long this journey is going to take us in terms of the podcast but there's some fascinating stuff going ahead Um, you know it's been an incredible week so far we've seen uh, a massive shock in the Euros as well and we've seen France get knocked out Germany get knocked out Portugal get knocked out looks like this might be England's time man finally um, shout out to Raheem Sterling boy from Brent you know getting a lot of stick in the lead up to the tournament but you know all that aside I want to kind of no, don't take it too far away from today's conversation. And it's been another fascinating one with my guy Jazz. Hope you guys enjoy it, guys. Don't forget to follow us. You know, at the Coaches Network on Instagram, the Coaches Net on Twitter, or Mr. Jazz Rose on Instagram. We've got some great content coming for you guys. We're looking to put together some fascinating episodes over the next few weeks and months, in particular. Keep an eye on the social media for all the other updates. But guys. Don't forget to leave us a review Because you know every single one of you that listens to our episodes Really appreciate it And it will do a massive favour for us In terms of building the platform that we've got If we can get those reviews from you guys So feel free to drop us a DM If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts in particular Head over to Apple Podcasts Leave us a review Let everyone know about the value and the impact of the episodes we're having um, If there's any particular topics you want to hear discussed By all means guys Share that with us Let us know your thoughts let everyone else know that tuning into this it's a fascinating conversation boy have we got another one for you today today's conversation guys we're looking at delving into the idea of how to manage and multiply your money we're going to be looking at things such as you know understanding your relationship with money mastering your psychology that will empower you to make more impactful decisions with your money Um, and you know and we're going to touch on some other bits but I don't want to take away too much from today's episode guys, so without further ado, here's to episode 2 of the success series, hope you enjoy it guys. Right, guys, welcome, Tune into a live edition of the Culture Network podcast. Um, just to get started off, Jaz, you mind just sharing with, with uh, the audience and everyone that's listening in a bit about you and what you do?
2: Yeah, sure. Proud parent of two amazing children. I focus very much my time and energy on helping people transform their relationship with money so that they're more effective with it. I started off age 17, started my first business in the education space. So that was coaching football to young children. And then transitioned that into a teaching company where we had up to 150 staff covering over 50,000, educating over 50,000 children each week. Sold that business at the end of last year to focus more on something different. And now that's led me to where I am today. And sort of throughout that process of the last 17 years of growing that education business, I was using a lot of the, the profits that I earned to invest in property which means that now those properties that, and the rental income that I'm able to generate now pays for my, for my expenses and my lifestyle. So I'm able to, to, to do things free of my time and really concentrate on the things that I really enjoy doing and live life abundantly. Awesome.
1: But so jazz. I want to just, you know, take it from there quickly, you know, your organization that you're working with now is Money Mastery. Would you mind just sharing a little bit around what Money Mastery is? Obviously, you touched a little bit about your journey there and how you kind of got to where you got to to some extent. Um, But maybe you still have a bit deeper into that and we can kind of go from there.
2: Yeah, sure. So Money Mastery is the number one programme that I like to run for transforming people's relationship with money and making sure that people really get effective with their money. So essentially, it's a personal development programme that increases your ability to make, manage and multiply your money more effectively than ever before.
1: Awesome. So, you know, if we start with that, then, you know, we're talking about managing, make more money than ever before. How do we, how do we define, you know, and one of the key things that you obviously look at and talk about is, is developing a relationship with money. Mm. What is a relationship money? What should that look like? And, you know, wh- how did you come to establish that element? You know, what, what, what did that, what did that look like for you? Maybe 10 years ago, 15 years
2: ago, or, you know, growing up, Mm. Yeah, I suppose a big thing around money that we don't learn, you know, maths is often taught as sort of a, sorry, money is often taught like it's a money, like it's a maths equation or like physics, like where it's like laws, numbers, etc. And that's really important. But what lies underneath that is the emotional psychology that we have around money that's more important and more powerful because you can have all, the data, all of the data, all of the analytics in the world, but if you don't understand how to master your own psychology and how to prevent yourself from making false decisions or encourage yourself and empower yourself to make the right decisions financially that are actually going to benefit you or more importantly, that are in alignment with your goals, because everybody's goals are different, then you're going to struggle, then you're going to suffer, which is why sometimes you get the, the top executives, the lawyers, the CEOs, the, the accountants, and they're always stressed. <laughs> so it's like, why are you stressed? You earn £300,000 a year, give me some of that. And they're like, yeah, but essentially my bills are £350,000 a year, I've got to make some more money, right? So we get into this cycle, we get into this trap of earning more and for every extra hundred pounds we earn, or ever, every extra grand that we earn a year, we end up spending an extra thousand pounds, two grand a year. So because we live in such a consumer led society now, This has become very normalized. So we get more money, we get a new car on finance, that's 50 grand. Now the wife's pregnant, we have more children, great, not a problem. Then we have a wedding, that's 50 grand. Then, oh, the wife's pregnant now, so she needs a car, that's another 50 grand. Can't have a small car, we live in a nice neighborhood. Oh, by the way, now we've got more children, need to move to a bigger house, bigger neighborhood. All of this stuff is expense, like just really starting to 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 kill our enthusiasm for what it is that we do and then what that means for families is that the man that means that a man now spends more time outside the house outside of covid which means that he's working harder we're spending less time with the wife divorces on the increase everything starts to everything just starts to separate and like the man is like well i need to make the money and the woman is like well i need you home to help me do x y and z and it just becomes a cycle of frustration and we see it time and time again i'm sure many people listening to this have seen that cycle in their family in some way, shape or form. And I've also seen many of the mistakes that I've made and and, and me sort of falling into elements of this trap. And I've been fortunate and blessed enough to see the positive, see the negative, see where I've made errors and make adjustments accordingly in order to really manifest what I want and really start to manage my relationship with money much more effectively.
1: Now, that's brilliant. You obviously bring in some, I guess, real you know real life examples there in terms of you know especially when it comes to a family dynamic especially when you've got you know a partner and kids that you might be joy- you know sharing a household and whatnot but at some stage you've got to find the right balance um obviously balance is dependent on the individuals within the situation so you know you might have a partner that maybe isn't that dependent on you. So, I mean, you know just look kind of thinking outside the box now um away from the topic a little bit how much of uh, yeah how, how much how much thought have you maybe given to if you like the love language of your partner, in that
2: respect. The love language of your partner. let expand on that a little bit for me. Yes, yeah, so. obviously, you
1: know, some people, uh, you know, they, 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 they uh, you know, everyone loves in different ways. Everyone receives love in different ways. Um, some people have, you know, place a lot more value on maybe spending quality time with one another. And, you know, I'm just curious, you know, just again, thinking outside the box. It really, if 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 any of that's crossed your mind as you're going through this process, or you've just literally looked at it as my partner needs this, my partner needs that, so I need to cater for this, I need to cater for that. If you like.
2: Well, the first thing is that the the most important thing that I always say to people is that the most valuable thing that you can buy with your money is time. So once you buy your time, you're able to now spend your time doing the things that you love, appreciate, and care about, and that correlates with what your partner loves, cares, and appreciates. What your love, what your partner loves, cares, and appreciates. So in terms of your spouse's understanding your, your spouse's love language and what they're into. It's all about making sure that you're able to find a tethering balance between what it is that you're committed to, what it is that she's committed to, and then find that ground that makes sure that you're both vibrant, okay? Because often it's like my my notion, my rationale, what makes me happy might be different to what makes her happy, right? But I also know and understand that if she's unhappy, that now bounces back on me (laughs) irrespective of how nonchalant I want to be about it so I've got to make sure that I'm doing what what I need to do in order to bring up her vibration and bring up my vibration so it's going to be a tethering balance between doing what feels good to me and then also making sure that I'm sufficient enough and doing enough that is sufficient to bring her vibration up and vice versa and it's a constant sort of to and fro to get yourself into complete alignment with what it is that makes you comfortable what it is that makes you happy what it is that makes you feel fulfilled I was having a conversation about this the other day and we were talking about this sort of like fulfillment gap and my friend was saying to me look well like how much do you want to work? Right. And I said, well, everyone's tethering balance is different because he was like, well, you're financially free. You don't need to work essentially. And I know what my tethering balance is. So I know how many hours approximately I need to put in each week, each month in order to feel fulfilled as a human that is adding exponential value. And I know what's too much and I know what's too little. If I I said to you, I'm only going to work two hours this week and like, and I had that as a long process for three months, I would get dead bored. But on the other hand, if I said to you, well, I'm going to work 60 hours a week for the next three months, I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to get stressed out and I'm going to start to feel anxious unless it's something that I'm like I'm doing three months focused for something that I'm really passionate about and committed to but if it's just I'm just doing this just to make money for 60 hours a week then I know that I'm going to get anxious I'm going to get overwhelmed a little bit I'm going to feel elements of uncomfortability so I know for me like my tethering balance is typically about five hours a day of intense focus work where I can drill in do the things that I'm really passionate about do the things that I really love and then I can spend the rest of the day doing things that that aren't so, that aren't so uh, financially driven or work related, so to speak. But that might just be simple things like cleaning my house. It might be cutting my grass. It might be taking my kids out. It, and I spend a lot of time with my children as well. So it might be just like taking them to the park at three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it might be, you know. So those are the things that fulfill me. And it's about finding out how to correlate, how to separate your time in a way that really fulfills you. 100%, you, you, you make
1: some um, some good observations there and good points around it, personal motivations and obviously the, the motivations of the people around you. So, you know, your, your kids might be relying on you for that time at the park. Your, your missus might be relying on you for that time, you know, on, on a weekday evening where she just wants to sit back and just watch reality TV or whatever that might be. Yeah. So kind of, you know, just, I'm curious to know, obviously in establishing some of those things for yourself, what are some of the questions that maybe you're asking yourself to kind of formulate, right? Where is my tether, tethering balance? You know, what is too much? What is not enough? What is what is too little? Uh, what stresses me out most? You know, Is there any specific questions that you've kind of gone through almost in a self-evaluation or reflection process, if you like, uh, to kind of get to a point where you've, you've understood and got clarity on those key things, if you like?
2: Mm. I think I suppose for me it's been more of an emotional journey than it has been a technical journey of write this down answer this question x y and z it's really about life understanding and I guess part of what you're asking there Yaz is around goal setting and being really really clear on what it is that you want so a lot of people you say to them what's your goal and they go I'm a 25 year old and my goal is to make 10 million pounds It's like okay why (laughs) right (laughs) let's start with that and the, the underlying question of the why is like are you prepared to put in the work that that is associated with that? Are you skilled to that level in order to accumulate that level of wealth? And have you got the experience, the skills, the understanding in order to to, to generate that? And If not, are you prepared to put in the work? And you tell people the amount of work that it might make to make that 10 million, they'd be like, hey, (laughs) that's not for me. And that's perfectly fine too. So for me, it's about understanding, okay, so what makes me fulfilled? What makes me happy? What am I excited about doing? What parts of my job do I not like doing? Okay, cool. Can I outsource the elements of those those bits? What does it take for me to outsource that? What does that look like? And how much time do I want to spend with my children? How much time do I want to spend with my partner? Again, like if I spent, and you know, no offense to anybody, but it's like, if I spent all day, every single day for a year with my children, like during lockdown and homeschooling, like I would get frustrated. Like, <laughs> like even if I had 10 million, like I'm like, you know, so I need the time away. That I can I can focus and I can add value to other adults and have that adult time as well as time with my children. So the questions that I ask myself are really like, what makes me fulfilled? How much time do I want to spend with my children each week? How much time do I want to spend on business each week? How many times? Do I, how much time do I want to spend with my spouse each week? Like, what does that I? I suppose all of that is surmising the question: What does your ideal financial life look like?
1: No, no, some great points there and you know on on that i just want to take an opportunity to kind of refresh the room a little bit um so guys you know you're, you're tuning to a live edition of the coaches network podcast i'm joined by my guest today jazz rose um hopefully uh, this will be a weekly thing so every monday at 3 p.m me and jazz will be uh, talking all things finance property related um you know and hopefully some some opportunities for listeners to get in and ask some questions as well so there will be an opportunity i know that a couple of people got their hands up already um but we will bring you to the stage shortly. So please stay with us. Um, in the meantime, tap on my profile, tap on Jazz's profile, hit that follow button, uh, click the house at the top of the group there, um, join that club. Um, so you can be notified of all the upcoming conversations we are going to have. But Jazz, back into you now, just want to, uh, you know, off the back of what you've just said, a, lo- a large part of that is about identifying maybe your, your personal motivations are. And it, a real key thing for me is, in, in what you said is understanding what it is what it means for you and what it looks like for you as an individual to be fulfilled. Now, I think all of us as human beings want to have that sense of fulfillment and that often comes down to personal achievements. Um, So, you know, in your case, as as an example, you just gave that, you might have that 10 million in the bank, but if you're not doing anything other than just, you know, with your kids all day, which is not a bad thing by any chance, uh, by any means, but at some point you're going to want to do something that is uh, for lack of a better term, selfish um, and about developing and growing your own self. Mm. Uh, not as a father not as a partner not as anything else but just jazz if you like mm. um so kind of you know bring it back to the you know the the, the focus of the conversation and building that relationship you know you, you've got to establish what that relationship is like with yourself first and yes. um, bring it back to the money piece now What are, you know what are some of the ways in which we can have a have a look at addressing how we view money uh, obviously, growing up for a lot of people, depending on the upbringing that you've been through, it's not common. Uh, certainly not in, if, like you said, at the top. Math money is often looked at as a, as a math equation, but it's actually a life skill uh, in in terms of building that relationship with money, establishing what that can look like, and how that can maybe uh, be utilized in your long term life. So I guess with that being, you know, at the at the forefront, how do we start to address? The ways in which we can consider money to be and perceive money to be, uh, I
2: guess, if you like, a cog in our life life system, if you if you like. Yeah, um, one of the things is like first is looking at back at your history, right? And irrespective of how wealthy you are or how poor you are, you have a money mentality, and that money mentality dominates eighty to ninety percent of your decision making around financial decisions that you make every single day, and our money mentality is often formed or a vast majority of it is formed between the ages of about 5 and 12 years old so you've got to go back into your psychological history and understand what is it that really happened in my life that affects how i think feel and behave around money and most of that a lot of that is generated from our parents you know we've often heard the things of we can't afford that or that's too expensive and all of those kind of connotations but you've got to and you've got to really start to analyze what impact that has in terms of how you think now, right? So most of the time, we're a 30-year-old or a 35-year-old thinking and making decisions based upon what we heard 25 years ago as a five-year-old. <laughs> it's, 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 but you've really got to get to grips with that and start to combat that issue. And then the second part of it is now you've got to understand what money is. Because we've gone through our lives since 16, 17, 18, earning money, and all of our sort of education has been geared towards getting this good job, to having this good lifestyle, etc., and earning this money. But we don't actually know what money is, right? You asked <laughs> I asked an accountant the other day. I said, "What is money?" He said, "Well, it's a uh, what do you say? It's an ex- it's a trade of exchange between two participants willing to negotiate on." equal value or something something like that very technical and i said you're absolutely right but what's missing is the emotional piece right what's missing is that money is a transfer of our life energy so when we start to renegotiate how we think about money and what it is when we start to think of it as our energy like a trade-off of our time then we start to make more automatically almost we start to make more effective decisions with our money which leads us to make at least a more prosperous financial life
1: no, you make a great point. And then you're talking about history and I guess your upbringing and something that maybe could be deep rooted within you now after maybe 20, 30 years of, of, you know, childhood and then obviously early adulthood, you know, I guess framing the way you look at money and, you know, it makes me think how often do we actually challenge the perception of what people tell us money is and actually, well, why, why do you think that way? Because yeah. that, that thought yeah. has come from somewhere.
2: It's just an experience. Like I had an uncle, right? and his name's not dave but we are calling him dave right so i've got an uncle called dave and when i was like five six seven eight years old i always wanted to hang out with uncle dave He's the only uncle that i, that I knew that sort of lived in the country etc so every time i used to go to my grandparents house i'm like yeah let's hang out uncle dave and every time i hear the same story uncle dave's at work uncle dave's busy he's making money for his work occasionally he will be there like where's uncle dave he's sleeping he's tired from work right <laughs> so and then one time he was like, okay, cool, like jazz, let's play. So I was like, cool, let's play hide and seek. So I hid, he he found me, that was cool. And then he hid and he must've found a really good hiding place because I never saw him again, right? And literally I haven't seen Uncle Dave since then. Like he's just gone. right? Last I heard he was in Manchester somewhere, you know, in some high management position or something like that. And And literally it's like, when I start to think about how I think about money, like I've grown up being a real avid saver, and the effect and impact that that kind of situation has had on me has been like, oh, don't make too much money because that means you have to neglect your family. That means you can't be a good uh, uncle. That means that you can't be a good parent because everything around that psychology was, oh, he's a highly successful guy, but he's never around. So I didn't, I never wanted to be that. Which meant that when I had money starting to come in, my 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 sort of immediate triggers in my mind was like, give it away, give it away, give it away. How can I give it away? Right? So now I had to overcome that and really learn that that's the sort of money mentality that I had and where it came from was an unsavory place. And now I have to reform what that money mentality is and what it means to me now. No, you make a great point there. And I think, you know, it is, it's,
1: it's, it, one of the key things there and the key word uses that idea of success. Now, Uncle Dave, is now is no, no longer with us. Um, success for him obviously was one thing, but the same way we all perceive money differently, perceive success differently. Some people attach success to actually having that money, but uh, equating a, a busy lifestyle, if you like, um, as a successful one. Obviously, you know, you, you, if we go back to something you touched on in a few moments ago for, for you, and, and you know, feel free to kind of stop me if you feel like I'm uh, maybe speaking out loud or speaking out of turn success for you be maybe having that time with your kids having that time to kind of d- decide what you want to do and not be dictated by uh i guess the salary that you're on if you like um, yeah. you controlling that narrative of what the life looks like on a day-to-day
2: yeah absolutely and the is there's a di- distinctive difference between being happy and being fulfilled and there's a lot of high earners we call them henry's right high look, there's a lot of high earners who are highly successful who are happy but they're not yet fulfilled why are they not fulfilled? Because, oh, well, I make I make half a million a year, which is fantastic. I'm doing extraordinary well. But I know those guys over there and they make a million a year. So now I'm on the hunt. Now I'm on the chase, okay? Now I've got to go and get that. I've got to gravitate towards that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great because that's an intensity to win, intensity to, to get better, intensity to improve, etc. But being fulfilled is being really, also being really content with where you're at whilst working towards where you want to grow to. And that means that when negative things happen in your life or, you know, you lose that deal or you lose that piece of money over there or that did not go so well, whatever, you don't get frustrated, you don't feel upset, you don't feel too anxious about it. Or maybe you do for like two minutes, but then you're like, I'm content though. Unfulfilled because everything in my life is working for me in the way that it is designed and the way that I've designed it. So there's a distinct difference between being happy and fulfilled. And what I lead towards is making sure that I am fulfilled with what I have whilst working towards what I want.
1: No, that's you make a great point there. So I guess you know it is coming back to those questions that you know we talked about earlier. What makes us fulfilled? What is that for us? What you know, how do we get to that point? And again, without veering too much off track, I want to bring you back to the this is the context of money and the relationship we with building money so what are some of the steps that i guess people can start thinking about taking in terms of developing a better relationship with money um i know in the the past that we've spoken you know you've got you've got different ideas and views and and how and what that could look like and obviously these are just um suggestions that people can kind of take on board but what are some of the things that have helped you develop a better relationship with money obviously outside of those questions that you've asked but beyond that is any particular uh, behaviors or practices if you like that you may be adopted or implemented in your day to day that's kind of shifted that 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 perspective of what money is and how to develop a better relationship with it
2: yeah sure and I'll, I'll work backwards with you, Yas, on this one, because it's quite a, a complex question. But in simple terms, I don't know of a better way to build and transform your relationship with money than coming onto the Money Mastery program, which I run. And the next one is next week on the 15th. And I don't mean that as a, as, as a selfish plug or something like that, but I, I literally don't know a better way. Um, and, you know, the value that you get for your money on that program is absolutely phenomenal. Second to that what people can do is to get the money tracker, which now starts to realign where you're at with money, because now you're able to see what your expenses are. You're able to see what your, your, your income is and you're able to make uh, a much deeper analysis and conscious decisions with your cash that are going to impact how you spend, how you invest and how you save. Um, and then further to that, the, the first step is to, I read a book called your money or your life by a lady named Vicky Robin, and she explains this better than anybody, uh, anybody I know in that book of how to build your relationship with money and how to really understand it. And I suppose Money Mastery Program is really a a practical solution to that book it's like a practical element of that book through my lens and through through sort of a young 34 year old's perspective and understanding um, that's grown up in the environment that many people that come onto the program have also grown up in and understand so um so so yeah that's a brilliant book that people really should get really should indulge in and really should learn to understand awesome
1: um so you know because you talk there, your next event is obviously on 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 the 15th when is the one after that? And I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing there's a there's a giveaway
2: going. Is there? <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, there's a there's a document that I produced called the Ten Tips to Becoming Financially Free, and people can check that out in my Clubhouse link. And that's just a it's a five page document which talks about the ten steps to becoming financially free and sort of you know how to navigate through this uh, challenging financial world that we live in and try to sort of overcome all of the barriers and hurdles that are in our way if we spoke a little bit about consumer culture how to make sure that you're fulfilled and happy with the things that you're buying as a consumer but also making sure that you're investing powerfully on the other side so that you don't feel like you're 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 making money but you never have it okay um so that's a free document that people can download and yeah the money mastery program this one is on the 15th and 22nd so we run for uh three hours on each day it's a six-hour program and the next one, I'm not sure. Um, uh, the next one, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, really not sure on that one. But but, I, but I have been t- telling people, people would say like, oh, you know, I want to book onto the next one or whatever. The next one is not going to be anywhere near the same price. <laughs> and I just have to be totally upfront and honest with people because I don't want people to get upset and say, oh, but it used to be, you know, X, it used to be only this. And now it's like three times, you know, it's valued significantly lower than, the value than the value that it's worth at the moment and I've done that kind of like because it's been a testing process for me like what works here what doesn't work I initially started writing it out as a three-hour program and I realized I had so much content it had to transform into six hours and um, you know the and I'm beyond the testing phase now I know I know it works I know how it works I, I know um, the great value of it so now I can really start pushing it and you know putting money behind the advertising of the program etc so the next one is to be confirmed
1: You know, on on the back of, obviously, you know, your journey and, you know, as an entrepreneur, what are some of the things and challenges, what are some of the biggest challenges and biggest, I guess, uh, realizations, if you like, in terms of your own relationship with money?
2: Yeah, I think one of the big shifts for me, Yaz, was my... growing up I always felt like you earn money and you grow a business in order to keep it and hold on to it until you die and hopefully you can pass it on to your kids if they want it (laughs) and what I've learned over the years is that you grow a business for several reasons and one of the reasons is to develop your skill sets develop your determination your dedication your discipline to employ and empower a group and a cohort of people And ultimately what we really want to do is to build it so that it can run successfully without us and opposite to that notion of holding on to that business for your dear life I was in a garage the other day sorting out my car and the guy's in there and he's like 70 and he's like yeah I've been here for 50 years and so on and so forth, and there's, there's, there's great leadership and there's great growth in that but you do get to a stage in a business where you stop growing and I feel like that's the point that's the pinnacle where you reach where you have to let go of things that are holding you back or holding you down and you've really got to start to explore different areas of your life different, area, different things in your life that you really enjoy doing and that's one of the big shifts for me is really understanding that you build a business in order to, in order to sell it in order to have somebody else run it successfully for you. Um, so you can then do the things that you, that you love and and, and truly enjoy um, and business is enjoyable. It can be definitely enjoyable, but there's also elements of business that you get to a stage where if you ever get to a stage in your business where you're not growing, you're not expanding and you're not feeling fulfilled in that anymore. Um, then it's time to move on. And I feel like a lot of people get to that stage, but because we're so much in this notion of running, 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 we never stop to really take a breath and think, actually, I'm running out of steam here. And actually, there's more valuable things that I can do with my time. But often people are scared to cross that bridge or even consider it because... It's what you've grown up do. It's what you've grown up doing, and we've grown up in such a mentality where everyone around you is working twenty four seven. So, why would you not do the same? But there's great life and great extension of your capabilities, your skills, and different patterns when you come on the other side of that.
1: No, definitely. And I think you know, a key thing you touched on there. It kind of links back into something you said earlier about goal setting. I think having goals is obviously great, but you need to kind of. It, you know, look at it from this perspective, you've got a goal and then you've got purpose. Mm. For me, a purpose is, you know, is almost that that that, inf- that infinite, lifelong, endless goal, if you like. Um, whereas, you know, maybe having a business, passing it onto your kids or, or whatever that looks like, are just maybe small cogs in, in the bigger system, if you like. Because mm. um, eventually, you know, if your goal was to have a business, once you've achieved that, that's it, you've done, you've, you've finished. Mm. There's nothing else to kind of keep you going and push you on. So I guess, you know, from that perspective, you know, obviously, you know, being part of the coach is now a, a large part of what, you know, what I do is hopefully trying to, uh, you know, speak into people like yourself and, you know, in different industries and different avenues and walks of life, understanding the keys to success for them and the motivations and some of the, you know, the key learnings through their, through their own personal journeys. Mm. Um And I guess really on a, on a deeper level, try and understand maybe the impact and legacy they want to leave behind. So what, you know, what is that purpose for you, you know, as a, in terms of a lifelong, etern- you know, infinite goal, if you like?
2: Well, I'll just leverage up your point if, you, if you'd if you allow me to just for a second because you mentioned something quite important about sort of uh, the coaches network and football, et cetera. And I used to play football and it kind of reminded me when you said that of when I used to play football and the only thing on my mind was becoming a professional footballer. Like that was my linear number one focus. And then I got into business and then that was my number one linear focus. And now it's like understanding that life is so broad. So once I understood that, you know, there was a, there was a, a life that was more aligned to what I wanted in my life in business than there was in football because you know I came out of football and I was like what is you know <laughs> like there's nothing more to life than football of course not but then I did something that for me was more enjoyable with me for me was more inspiring than being a footballer and that was being a business owner and an entrepreneur and again it's came around again in that same cycle effect of okay cool well there's more to life outside of being an entrepreneur there's more to life outside of being a business owner and how can I add my value to other people in different ways that's really going to start to extend my my value my reach and my capacity to help others to grow because that's what that's what really fulfills me um when I talk about working what really fulfills me is empowering other people to grow and to become the best version of themselves
1: you know just on that you know so you kind of delved into what i wanted to ask you next a little bit but kind of even beyond that first of all it was around the motivations for you as a as an entrepreneur uh, obviously you know about maybe speaking on your behalf you know initially one hand is obviously the finances that can go with it and you can learn you can have the back of it but it's that that element of helping others and supporting others in maybe developing themselves both first personally and possibly professionally as well so i guess from that perspective what is your journey within the entrepreneurial world um taught you about leadership you know what what are some of the key things that you've learned as as a leader if you like and and what is your
2: leadership style I'm a very empathetic leader and I'm a very understanding leader. And leadership is one of the skills that I maxed out in my business, man. Like I was I you know, I'm not hesitant to 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 say that I was a phenomenal leader, you know, and I had built teams that um, an army of people, if you like, really following a vision and really inspiring and really dedicated to the mission and the values of the company. And that's one of the things that I grew great at through initially what was being a leader, almost a natural leader on the football pitch. And I used those leadership skills from football, transitioned that into business. and But then I started, as I grew older, and more experienced, I started to realise there's a lot of nuance, right? You can't manage a uh, you can't manage a team within a company the same way that you would manage a football team. Okay, get out of there and run, man. It's not the same. Okay, so there's nuance. Whilst there's some leadership skills that I transferred, there's a lot of nuance to it. And really learning how to build effective relationships with people, one of the most empowering and inspiring things that I learned as a leader was how to have what we would call a difficult or challenging conversation with somebody and leaving them feeling empowered on the other end. And again, we spoke about we spoke about self development and starting from within, and that came from me starting to look at my skill sets, my understanding, my self development. In order now, I'm able to reciprocate that out and able to communicate with people in such a powerful way that resonates with their soul, their spirit, their frequency, and their their state of mind that they now feel inspired. Even though it was, a, even though I might be saying, you know what, this job isn't for you, or whatever it might be, and it's really about have, being able to have those conversations in a way that leaves people inspired and feeling like, okay, cool, I need to, I'm need. i going to level up to the best version of myself.
1: Fantastic. Look, Jazz, I'm just conscious of time, you know, as we look to wind down then, you know, Um just want to see if there's an, another opportunity for listeners to maybe come up and ask questions if they've got any. Um, if not, you know, in the meantime, guys, you know, just a reminder, you are tuning into the Coaches Network uh, podcast live edition. A uh, Slight twist on it today. We've got uh, Jazz Rose with us. Um, and we're discussing all things finance related. Um, hopefully, over the next few weeks, um, every Monday, 3 p.m., join me and Jazz. Um, hit hit our profiles there, click the follow button, hit that bell next to it. Um, and then on, on the main page, you've got the little greenhouse. Click on that greenhouse, join the club um, so you can be informed as and when some uh, other discussions are due to come and take place. Um, I think for now, I think you might have blown them away a little bit, so there's no questions as yet, Jazz. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just to kind of uh, help them help the listeners understand where they can maybe find a little bit more about you and the work that you do, and more specifically, your money mastery program. Uh, would you want to just share a bit of information on that?
2: Yeah, sure. The, they can find out more about me on IG, first and foremost. That's at Mr. Jazz Rose, probably the easiest way to reach out and get in touch with me. It's at Mr. Jazz Rose on IG and the money mastery program. They can find more details about that at the money forward slash mastery and yeah they can find out the full information and details on the website right there and if they've got any questions just dm me drop me a line and we can have a conversation about it
1: awesome guys you heard it there first from jazz Uh, if you've got any questions hit him up directly click on his profile hit his ig follow that follow his um his profile on clubhouse follow the club the coaches network um also follow my profile make sure you get your questions in in the future Um, guys until next time that will be it you know next monday every monday 3 p.m myself and jazz will be here thank you for joining us today take care